Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Barger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as usual, is my co-host, Miss Andy Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Uh, New Year, new me, or (laughs) New Year, same messy me, I don't know. (laughs) Um, happy 2023, yes. everybody, which I'm just really glad that I said the correct year right there because <laughs> that's where I'm at. Uh, it's our first episode of the new year. Our first episode of, I started to say season, but I'm like, we don't really do seasons here. It's kind of a um, season. I'm a little distraught. We have a special guest on the pod today who is not actually a human person. Um, my cat Bakerloo has decided to hang out in the closet today while I'm recording and we'll just see how that goes. I pray. <laughs> he's I call he's usually the good one, so we'll see. But uh giving everybody a heads up if you hear some weird I don't know, meows or like a bell ringing in the background cuz he's a bell on his collar. I don't know. Hopefully he'll just take a nap and I won't regret this choice. I I I'm praying for you. Um honestly, I feel like 2023 isn't a real year. Like I keep writing it down and looking at it and thinking it's fake. But again, I also do that with 2024 and 2025. Like these are years that I just didn't actually believe existed on the calendar, and now we're here and I can't figure out what to do. I don't know. What is time? It's a social construct. I know, it's so weird. Anyway, um maybe maybe if life had been normal, I would have, you know, acclimated by now, but you know, life just is never going to be normal again. Let's just be honest. No, probably not. Anyway, so what are we talking about today? Uh this feels a little weird because we literally just talked about this show, but it's back. So, uh Miss Scarlet and the Duke season 3 is upon us despite season 2 having just concluded like a month and a half ago and most people having watched season three in between from november to december when it uh streamed on pbs passport yeah it's still on pbs passport if you just want to binge the whole season right now but i'm trying to i'm back in the recapper chair or still in the recapper chair depending on your perspective and i'm trying not to get ahead of where i am in either recap it in recapping versus watching which is good because we're only talking about the premiere today so that is all i have seen don't spoil me. Uh, I actually want to talk about this a little bit. The fact that we get these two seasons back to back quite so quickly. Um, I mean, a part of me gets why Masterpiece chose to do this. Okay. Miss Scarlet is, I mean, it stands out among the crowd of of shows that we get from the Masterpiece brand in that it is the only show that is truly and utterly both Lacey and my lane. Like it is both you know, there's kind of two kinds of people who watch masterpiece shows. There's the people who love mysteries like me, and there's people who love period dramas like Lacey. Like we kind of we 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 kind of represent the two sides. I mean, also the fe- the feminism helps. The feminism also helps. Yes, that's true. But but the two of us sort of represent the two sides of what masterpiece provides. And this show is the one show that we have right now that really hits both at the same time, and it's a huge hit. With for for PBS and Masterpiece because of that, and they don't want to lose the momentum. They had this whole long break between seasons one and two. They don't want to make us wait another year for season three. I get that, but a I felt like season two ended kind of abruptly. Like I felt like it only felt like one half of a season, and season three feels like 
it, it feels like there's there needed to be a longer break between what happened at the end of season two and now. Well, yeah, because uh, we've talked about this in terms of other shows that uh, that a lot of times in in mystery series, there's sort of like a regression to the mean. At yes. The end. Like we just sort of we just sort of reset and pick back up. It's like The Simpsons that way. <laughs> yeah. That's a very weird example, but also extremely true. Maggie is still like five. Yeah, thirty um, years on. But uh, this it just felt it just I don't know. Maybe I would have noticed it less had I not just watched the season two finale. Yeah. But the fact that season three starts and there's literally like no acknowledgement. Of the fact that, you know, Eliza almost died, that that William almost moved away, that they went through that whole weird thing where they sort of decided they were just going to be friends. But now they're having dinners again and we've just never talked about it in any real way. I don't know. Like, I feel like if it had been if if a year had passed in in, you know, the real world and we were watching this season three a year later, I probably would have forgotten a lot of. A lot of, you know, I have the memory of a goldfish, so <laughs> I probably would have forgotten like a lot of the 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 sort of nitpicky details that that you kind of get stuck in your head and get irritated about. But like, I just saw it. They're still there. <laughs> and it, it's also because season two sort of didn't feel like a real conclusion. I think I felt like I was expecting season three to feel like season two part part two. And no, season three is very does, much like... Because it does feel like, I mean, Americans are, are used to... Our TV, well, we used to be used to, I don't know how used to we are now, but in traditional American television, there's a bunch of episodes and then the show takes a break for the holidays and comes back yeah. with a bunch more episodes. And that kind of feels like what this is doing, even though I it does it clearly does not intend to. Yeah. And that's why it doesn't, and that's why it feels weird. Yeah. Um, that being said, can we talk about that opening sequence? Because I need season uh, 2.5. I need one episode for season 2.5. And it's the one that, that, that made that caper happen that got us to that moment. My God. Uh, I mean, if you if you read my if you read my recap, um, this is a this is a reminder to go and read my recap <laughs> or or not so much a recap, but like a stream of consciousness of my thoughts. And. I love that cold open so much. That cold open is so great. It is. But it's so good that the rest of that episode looks really bad in comparison. I thought it was going to be, and it's another trend I know a lot of us hate, you know, where you get, you get like uh, an in medias rays beginning and then like smash cut to a title card that's like 24 hours ago and you spend like the rest of the episode like leading up to the thing you saw in the beginning. But no, they just never... Like, this was clearly a way more interesting story than the one we actually ended up watching. And I'm mad that I didn't get to see it. I, I, I have to say that I really, like, I get that, that we sort of fill in some of it. Ivy and Mr. Potts are clearly a couple now, or as close to a couple as one gets. I mean, I don't hate it. I kind of like it. I do, too. Um, I want to know more about how Clementine got involved. I want to know why... Um, why, why Moses wasn't there, why some other dude named Samson was, I want to know, like, I want to know so much about this, about- and instead we get this boring story about, like, a magician that may or may not be dead. Like, it's very interesting, like, it's very weird to me in the sense that, like, 
positionally, this doesn't feel like it should feel like a premiere in terms of just like where it is in relation to the first season. But the show didn't know that at the time. And it doesn't feel like a particularly exciting season premiere to me. It's fine. The episode is fine. Um, I, I'm not sure I'd say that. I liked this. I thought it was delightful. Um, There is a level where I am always intensely delighted by Miss Scarlet when I'm physically watching it. That doesn't always hold when I stop after I finished watching it and come back and actually think about what I just saw. I mean, it's a, it's it's a perfectly it's a perfectly serviceable like enjoyable episode. Um. I thought the main mystery was kind of boring and I thought it focused on the wrong things because I've said this like a million times before. So I'm sorry that I'm about to say it again. But uh, part of the reason that the show manages to keep my interest in the mystery segments is that they usually do these mysteries in a very sort of different. They, they tell them from a different sort of perspective. Like they're usually focused on women. They're focused on specifically female experiences and problems that women encounter in the world trying to move through the world in a way that men don't and this episode touched on some of that with the assistants with the magician's assistants that you know wanted to be wanted to be like a real magician but you know couldn't because the industry is incredibly sexist like most other industries but like it didn't really focus on that that much which i thought was a real mistake because the actual like the uh, not that the story of the magician who was just really depressed and drank himself to death and then like committed suicide wasn't sad but i also never met that dude so i didn't really care the thing is um because of the way the show opened and this whole cooper's thing that was happening with william i assumed all the way up until he committed suicide that he had been killed by cooper and the the that it was cooper who was going to have taken over his oh i was just i was literally just sitting here being like who the hell is cooper <laughs> i don't remember like that part of the episode like that part of the subplot clearly did not impress on my brain at all so i did not I did not think that. Okay, it's the story. It's it, okay. It's kind of the subplot thing that's going. It's the re, it's it's how we find out where the heck Moses is. Moses is boxing. No, I know. I remember now that you mentioned it that it that it occurred and that it that it was something that went into my eyeballs. But I did not. I did not see it as like a particularly important part of the larger story the episode was telling. Oh, see, like as a mystery person, you don't introduce a case like that and then sort of drop it without it coming back around and turning out to be all one big story. Like, that's the trope. And so I kept expecting from the beginning for us to suddenly turn around and find ourselves with, uh, you know, with, with basically, uh, you know, a, 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 a you know, it, it all ties together, you know, like, like, and we, and we solved the Cooper case too. And then we didn't. And that, that didn't matter. Like that was all in service of the subplot for, um, what's his name? The, 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 the PC who beats up Fitzroy. Oh, William's new, William's new small son. Yes. Um, and. Or large small son, I guess. <laughs> um, and, and 
Which also, that subplot also didn't go anywhere. It's not like, you know, they, they, they keep selling stuff to the press and, and, and William doesn't do anything. I know. I love, I love, I mean, granted, it does feel a certain amount of realism to it, but consequences, what are those? We're just not doing that. Like we do the whole episode of like, it's really bad to sell police information to the press for money, which, you know, no to, it is mm-hmm. bad. And they should not do it. And then the episode ends with them being allowed to do it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, does everybody at Scotland Yard suck, by the way? Fitzroy doesn't. Well, yeah, but he's only there under duress. I know. And honestly, like, there's a level where I almost feel like uh, Fitzroy doesn't suck. Everybody sucks to make Fitzroy better. Does that make sense? Like that, he, he, oh, it's, he's so like, he, it's it's like the Gone Girl trope, where he's not a he's not a mean girl; he's a cool girl. Yes, everybody else is a mean. Everybody else is extra awful so that he looks good. Um, and I don't honestly, I don't think, actually think that's necessary. Um, I actually wouldn't mind if one of those rough and tumble guys was kind of like, listen, I know you're you're we know you're um not into women, but we don't care, and we just want to hang out with you. Like that kind of like we totally accept you. Like I would like one of them to be a little nicer to him. And they're all just jerks. And I I don't know, like there's a level where that <sighs> I get that William is supposed to work with a lot of people he doesn't like and that they're all kind of jerks and that 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 Fitzroy is basically the only decent one. And I get that that's sort of supposed to be the point. But I, I kind of feel like that's a little over the top in making them awful. You know? Also, I would not be surprised, be, partly because of the way season one ended. I'm now totally waiting for redheaded PC evil dude to turn out to be like the big bad at the end of the season. Um, I think it, no, I mean, not, I don't, I don't think, so. not every bad person is legitimately like the villain. Sometimes they just suck. No, but I... I kind of almost expect that now because of the way season one ended, where it turned out that William's kind of sexist bag man turned out to be like the the, the big bad. Like now I'm sort of waiting for, well, he beat up Fitzroy, so he's going to end up being the big bad. It would actually make me much happier if he wasn't. And if he actually became like a nice guy, maybe he and Fitzroy can date. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just a jerk. Yeah, I know. Occam's razor. Yeah, it's true. Um, speaking of Occam's razor, um, what do we think about William and Eliza's relationship? Because obviously the 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 easiest explanation in the Occam's razor world is that they are still dating. And yet they sort of don't seem to be. And yet they sort of are. I don't know. Part of it. Part of it is that they just don't talk about anything like adults. <laughs> but part of it, too, is that the show doesn't seem to want to really like address it that much. Like, I'm just really still hung up on that conversation in the season two premiere where they're like, we have to be friends because all these professional reasons. And then like they never deal with what that actually means. And then I guess William almost moves and everybody has like internal realizations about that that we don't see. But now they're back to having like slightly less regular dinners, but still dinners. And I don't I don't know. I feel like when I was talking earlier about regressing to the mean, I feel like we've really done that a lot with this relationship, which is frustrating to be as somebody who ships it and as somebody who just, you know, likes good storytelling. But like, I feel like suddenly 
we're back to a lot of the dynamics from the beginning of the show. Like they're 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 bantering and that's fun, but they're also really like they're hiding stuff from each other. They're fighting with each other about dumb things. They're both like being weird about like Eliza's job. And I don't there's just like a lot that I feel like I've seen before. And in the third season of the show, I feel like we should be somewhere else with that, as opposed to suddenly, like, they're both hiding things from each other and mad about it. Well, again, I think this is also the fault of putting these two seasons so close together. Um, I think that the regression to the mean would not bother me so much if we'd waited a year. Um, I think that, yeah, we're still here. We're still bantering. We're still not capable of working together, even though every single episode we learn the opposite um, I don't know, like there's, there's just that lack of momentum, I think, is more glaring because these two seasons came so close together. And I think had I started watching Miss Scarlet on November 24th, when it dropped on PBS Passport, which, spoiler alert, I did not. Um, I, I had a lot of other shows to watch for December. Um, honestly, like, I think it would have bothered me even more. I think the fact that I had a good six weeks break helped, but I definitely needed like at least three months, if not more. Like, I mean, on paper, I love the idea that that William basically saves Eliza's reputation by trading like the insider training going on in the Scotland Yard office. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that's terrible. So, well, <laughs> like, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I love them. We all know that I love them, but I don't feel like there's been I don't know. There's just like this. This felt really retready to me in terms of their dynamic. And I don't know what to do with that. I also had a lot of problems, I think, with Eliza and the newspaper thing. I kind of did, too. But I bet our reasons are different. I actually the thing that I liked about it and I wish the show would actually push further. Number one, it does a great job with the sketchy, sleazy newspaper dude, Basil Sinclair, who just sounds like a, a Bond villain. Um, I, th- I think that the show does a great job making him terrible, and that actor is so great. Oh, Oliver at, Chris is the... He's so great at being like, yes, I'm bad, and I don't care. Like, I'm a bad person, and I don't care. Um, and I really am intrigued by what Eliza's willing... Like, yes, she needs money. Apparently, she's so successful that she needs more money. I don't know. But, like, I think it's really interesting about what her willingness to work with someone like that says about her, like, real voracious desire to be recognized and seen for who she is and what she does. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I I will never say that a woman wanting credit for her for her work is a bad thing. But I wish the show would push a little bit more about what that means about her. Like they have a really interesting conversation about when she, I think she tries to quit the first time and, and, and he's like, well, you still have to keep your dad's name above your door. So she like has a real savviness about the way she has to like exist in the world, but she also really hates it. And the half the reason she takes this case isn't for the money. It's because she wants him to write a story about her. She wants to be, famous and known for being a female investigator and there's nothing wrong with that and i wish i wish that the show were more willing to poke at that a little bit do you know what i mean like 
because I kind of I'm not sure if the show wants us to think that that's bad or how we were how really we're supposed to be perceiving this. But because it's such like a like a a backbench part of the narrative in this story. But I think it's really interesting. And I think we don't see that a lot with female characters. And I like that was a lot more interesting to me than the actual magician stuff. Um. The reason I didn't like it is because it was very obvious to me how how she was being manipulated by Sinclair. And I almost assumed from the beginning, and I was a little startled when this didn't follow, that Flanders was going to be in it. It was going to be in it with Sinclair. That they were basically oh. coming up with a whole ghost story thing. To- See, I, re- I read it as she knows but doesn't care. Or doesn't care as much as she should because, like I said, she really wants that public validation, that public visibility, that public affirmation. Like, she she wants all the things that William gets. Hmm. And and that's why I think she did the story with him as much as it was about money because he was going to make it into a whole, like, series of things about, like, the dashing female detective doing the things or whatever. And... I think she wanted that. Uh, no, I do, I do think she wanted that. I absolutely think she wanted that. And I think there was a level where she was willing to be blind to the fact that she was being manipulated to get that. But I also kept waiting for her to sort of call him out of you're using me. I know you're using me and I'm using you and let's use each other. Like I was waiting for that. And instead she said, you know what? Screw you. Go, leave. I'm not doing this. And it almost felt like she was doing that not because she saw through him, but because she was realizing that she was screwing up her relationship with William more than she was screwing up her own future, if that makes sense. Um, Speaking of which, I did love Flanders. And I, I think there was a level where I almost wanted Flanders' part to be bigger in this by being part of the manipulation of Eliza. And then he wasn't. He was just a guy banging one of his workers. And that was kind of disappointing. Keir Charles is just a really good actor. And I think I just wanted more for him. <laughs> um. So anyway, yeah, like I just I there's a level where I, I want this. The thing is that. I feel sometimes like Miss Scarlet does things because she's trying to impress William when she needs to be doing them for herself. And I think that is my issue, is that when she breaks it off with with with, with, uh, with Sinclair, it felt like she was doing it because she needs to get back in William's good graces and she needs to work with William, not because she realized that she was screwing herself over. And that bothered me. I needed her to be more selfish i guess <laughs> i don't know i don't know because like because we see both of them we see both of them do that kind of thing like like at the end of the episode well i mean william does get a very glowing article out of it but like mm-hmm. he stops his whole campaign to stop the police department from selling information mm-hmm. um for her so i mean maybe if i I'm not sure that I 100% agree with your read there, but if it, it but I think it you could argue that it's a problem they both have. And he just benefits from it more because he's a man and yeah. this is the Victorian era and men don't pay for things the way that women do. Um though I will say again, you have to remember I also come at this as not a William and Eliza shipper and there's a level where I want their relationship to be more independent of each other. 
And I want Eliza to be more independent of him in a way that I think you don't. So it doesn't bother you as much when she does things for him in the way it doesn't bother you when he does things for her. If that makes sense. Whereas yeah. I look at them and I go, listen, this relationship's never going to work. Give it up. Um, <laughs> Annie is incorrect. I I know I, I I know you disagree with me, and that's I know. Uh, honestly I to, like I have to fight my corner to use a boxing metaphor. And and uh, oh, speaking of boxing metaphors, can we just get like a whole little episode of my, of Moses teaches Fitzroy to box, please? I know I actually am really excited about that dynamic, and I <laughs> hope we see some more of it. Also, what is the trend right now of stories about like Victorian boxers? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, it was in Bridgerton, like Disney Plus is making some whole show with the guy. Who who did Peaky Blinders, maybe? Mm-hmm. I know. So they're doing like a whole show about Victorian boxing. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, that's Stephen Knight, yes. Um, and and yeah, I I know that that's one of the Disney Plus UK things that I actually expect to come to Hulu over here, not on Disney Plus here. Um, just for the record. Um, so American listeners understand that this is actually probably gonna be a Hulu show for us. But yeah, there is a Stephen Knight Victorian boxing show coming. And you know, I have no idea what the whole little like it's it's like a mini trend. But anyway, um, that being said, I, I, I do want to see Fitzroy be able to throw a punch. I, I want to see Fitzroy. I want Fitzroy to be more part of Eliza's world, I think is kind of what I'm saying. Um, the fact that Mr. Potts has accidentally backdoored his way in via Ivy is already adorable enough. I need Fitzroy to also find his way into being in 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 Eliza's dining room in the morning. Well, I mean, at least for Fitzroy, it makes more sense than Mr. Potts. <laughs> I know. Actually, I love the idea of Mr. Potts and Ivy as an older relationship. I think that's adorable. I think that's something you don't get enough of in these things. You know, like we did, like Downton Abbey took six seasons to get Carson and Mrs. Hughes together and I, I think that 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 kind of that kind of um you know late in life romance that a lot of Victorian people didn't get because of the rigid social structure and that we don't see a lot of because of those rigid social structures is something that we could really explore with Potts and Ivy and also it gives Ivy more to do. <laughs> I love Ivy. I, know, I love Ivy. You haven't talked about the mystery yet or what you or the pseudo mystery or whatever. The uh, case. Okay, the thing about the case is that it's an excuse. And the fact that there's no resolution in the same way like it actually what it made me think of is the first episode of season 2. Remember how like we were looking for a young woman and she's fine, she's just having a baby? This felt very much like the same thing. Like there's no actual case here. It's just, it's, there's no case to solve in the same way there was no case to solve there. There was no case to solve. She just went and had a baby and everybody's fine and the baby's healthy and yay. Um, you know, and here. Well, I mean, in this one, at least the dude is really dead. Yes, the dude is really dead, but he just committed suicide and it's all just kind of sad. And there's nothing for them to solve. There's no, there's no mystery. Well, here's my question. Like, I, like, number one, I wish that this case had been more about the, the women in it. The one who mm. was his assistant who was uh banging the head of their theater because probably to protect her job and the other assistant Melina 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 it's Melina I think who um you know saw him as a father and was trying to protect his legacy also why did he have to retire like if his whole thing was like I don't know what to do with myself now that my career is over like couldn't he have just kept practicing magic I I don't know 
Um, I, I, I don't, I mean, I get that there's sort of maybe a legacy there. Like, I actually was waiting for somebody to turn, that, that Melina would turn out to be his actual daughter and that he was going to pass it on to her, even though she was a woman. Um, I, I, there was so much there that I sort of, I, the fact that he didn't have a son or a child to pass it on to also, um, like there were so many, like, things that could have been part of it that I was waiting to be part of it that never sort of got tied in that I I just sort of thought the show would go there and it didn't um I mean yeah it's a sad story but many of Miss Scarlet's mysteries aren't I mean and I don't mind that actually I think it's kind of interesting the way that I think it's kind of interesting for all the ways I was complaining about before in that these are not revert to the mean mysteries. Like no. these are these are very like they're non traditional stories. They're not they 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 aren't predictable. They aren't you know they they aren't the third person she talks to turns out to be the murderer. Yeah. See all of my tropes that I was waiting to happen and none of them did. Like. I mean, honestly, like I can't, I was expecting like several different tropes to suddenly come into play, and the show shoot all of them which to mm. that's really to its credit that's one of the reasons why i keep watching this show because i can't predict it i, I just wish it had been I, and i love that it does that but i just wish that again i just keep coming back to why wasn't the story about the assistants mm. and why was there so much telling instead of showing because you can sit there and spend 20 minutes with melina and hear about how great their relationship was and how important they were to each other but i didn't see any of that mm. like that like that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, because he was dead from the beginning, and there's no flashbacks to sort of fill that in. Um, like, I don't even know if I wanted flashbacks because that's just, I don't know. That doesn't feel like super super fitting either. But like you know, you sitting there telling me about this relationship and why you cared and why it's important is, it's never as effective as showing. Um, and I think, honestly, that that's, you know, as the mystery person of this half of the conversation, um, I think the fact that the I completely sort of overlook the mystery. I, I, I do that a lot in, these sh- in this show because these aren't really mysteries. Nobody goes to jail, you know. And in fact, like, yes, there is sort of a thing we could have maybe put Ma- Melina in jail because she was, you know, obstructing blah 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 but as William says who would that benefit it benefits nobody just let it go um and that actually is probably to me the best part of that because you know there are shows like Unforgotten um comes to mind where they put a person in jail because they have to put a person in jail even though that's really not um it's not the right answer um you know, there there's so many of these police procedurals where somebody ends up in jail because they obstructed justice when they were just trying to do the right thing or they were just trying to protect somebody and they end up in jail for it. And and I hate that every single time. And I do like the fact that this show doesn't do that, um, even though to me that sort of in the end makes it not a mystery. Nobody gets arrested. Nobody. There's no no justice happens because there's no need for justice because justice has no justice has no say here. You know, and I think that's also why it really reminded me of the one with the pregnancy, because that's another one where justice has no business here. Men have no business here. Justice has no business here. The state has no business here. We're leaving. 
You know, like I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I no, think I'm that... just laughing because you guys can't see this, but she has the most like serious expression on her face when she's saying. Well, this. you know, it, it, you know, in a way that, like, you know, I, 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 I hesitate to bring up politics in this, but you know, like the state has no say on a on a woman's right to have to to the state has no say on a woman's right to hide a guy's suicide. You know, the state has no say on whether or not like we should punish somebody for going and having a baby and disappearing for a few months. Like I. I feel very much like that's that that's a a a a taken as read in this show mm. that makes it really great that we don't ever really pick out about it. Um and so it makes it so that there wasn't there wasn't a mystery here this week. But that's okay because there wasn't a mystery here this week and everyone acknowledged it. Mhm. Yeah. I still wish we'd seen the first story. That would have been so much more interesting. I do too. I want season 2.5 and it just needs to be this one episode. I need to see Ivy and Mr. Potts go on the date that clearly got screwed up and wound up with him in jail. I want to know how like that date got screwed up. He ended up in jail and he's still seeing her. Like I I have so many questions about Ivy and Mrs. Potts. Yeah. Or, I mean, Who's Mr. Potts? the guy that's not Moses? Oh gosh. I need to know more about Samson. I need to know more about Clementine. I need to know why she was pickpocketing people. Like I got questions. Well, she's been pickpocketing people. I know, but I got, I got questions. So where do we go from here? Um, then? You know, that's a really good question. Um, I, you know, as I said, I need more of, I need more of Clementine. Um, I, I need more of, I need more of Miss Scarlet's expanded universe because she clearly has one. And it, that's the problem with this episode. And the reason why the first story that we didn't get seems more interesting than the one we did get. That one was set in Miss Scarlet's expanded universe away from William. And this one was not. This one was her William universe. She has a whole life outside of William and cases that don't involve him that she's doing with Clementine and the Samson person and Ivy and apparently Ivy's new boyfriend and Moses when he's not boxing. And I assume the other Clementines that come with Clementine and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. There, there's adventures out there that have nothing to do with William, except that he has to show up at the end of Baylor out of jail. And where, 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 where are those mysteries? You know, we've all, we got one last season. We got one last season. It was my favorite episode of the season. I need more of those. There we go. I feel better now that I've identified why this episode bothered me. We can continue. <sighs> um, as we all know, Annie has a harsher read of William than I do. Um, <laughs> Not I as harsh as my mother. My God, she cannot watch the show because she hates William so much. It's amazing. Oh, I've seen your mom's comments on Twitter. Hi, Annie's mom. Um <laughs> So you guys are of a of a mind on that. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I don't I don't know what I want from season three. Well, we know what I always want, but I don't think I'm going to get that. But I don't I don't know this episode. Like this episode is so forgettable in a lot of ways that I don't. I don't feel like it really works as sort of a season setup. And maybe my issue is that I loved so like maybe I've been wrestling with whether or not I think 
this is a show that needs a sort of overarching something. Like season one had Eliza's dad dying and that Mm -hmm. was always the thing that was happening in the background. And I think that gave those episodes at the very least an organizing principle that season two did not have. And that I, after one episode reminder, I haven't watched any further season three does also not seem to have. And I think, I don't know if the show needs it, but evidence suggests it might. And could I, you know, one of the things about season two is that, again, it it felt like season one and season two both felt like four episodes and a two parter. And season one's four episodes, even though each was a standalone, there was a thread that led to that two parter that made it feel like a larger arc than it probably really mm-hmm. was. And its conclusion called back to that first episode and made everything feel like a piece. Season two had that same structure of four episodes and a two episode and a two-parter ending, even though technically it was not technically a two-parter ending, but it was because of Williams, like, should I go stay or should I go now story. Um, but that two-parter didn't call back to the first episode. And so it never felt like you, you had like a closure and a full circle. Um, I would love if this season were four episodes and then two episodes that solve the Cooper case or turn out that that Cooper case is that what happened that got everybody in jail and we meet Samson and we get to learn all about all that other stuff. Um, That would probably feel like a really good season to me and would probably make me forgive all of the weird little like random threads that feel like they sort of got dropped in this episode. Um, I don't know if that will happen, but that I think is what I'm hoping for is that we get, so, is that if whatever the nominal two-parter is at the end of the season, because it probably will since this is sort of the pattern the show has established, I need it to tie back to season one and I need, or to season, to episode one of season three, so that the season feels like a complete circle. And that's, um, I think that's also why season two felt very incomplete to me. And I sort of expected season three to be season two, part two, because we never had that full circle moment in season two. I, I will say that I sort of agree, but I don't care so much about the, the, the narrative specifics. I care about character arcs. Of course. And I don't feel like season two had a really clear arc for any for either Eliza or William. And you're correct because that season one two-parter ending also brought Eliza and William to a new place in their narrative arc that brought everything full circle. Uh, both se- both separately and together. Mm-hmm. Like granted, I am very much a, very much and very vocally a shipper, but I feel like I watched the story for Eliza's journey and I can tell you how Eliza changed from the first episode of season one to the last episode of season one. I cannot tell you that necessarily, or at least not in totality for season two. And I don't know where, I don't know where Eliza is right now as a character. Like I said, I was, I was really interested in the idea that maybe the show was going to finally address the fact that she is incredibly ambitious. She's incredibly driven. She's thirsty. She is thirsty. And she wants fame and recognition. And I think that that is, like I said, not a bad thing, but also is something that's worth telling a story about. And it is and it is a step in her progression as a character because, you know, season one is she decides to, like, be an investigator on her own. 
And now she's at the point where she's sort of established. She's proven she's good at it. And she wants people to recognize that. And that is okay. And that is an actual interesting character space for her to be occupying. But I don't, I don't know that that's the, I don't know if that's me like writing fanfic about the show in my head versus what I'm actually like seeing on the show. But I don't, that's what I want out of season three. I want like, I want for both Eliza and William separately and together to feel like they have changed and grown and like been on a journey as characters in addition to solving crimes. And I don't feel like I got that really last season. Um, I think presenting Eliza as thirsty as she is in this first episode is a great starting point for her to grow from. And I would love to see if this season basically like how thirsty is Eliza? How much is she willing to be to 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 be a workaholic and to be and to put work first and 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 really, you know, that and, and let that consume her life in the way that she sort of like rejects a little bit towards the end of the episode when she invites William out to dinner. I think that that's a really good starting place for her. But I don't know if this show is going to take that and run with it. But if it does, I think this could be a really good season. Because I think they touch on that a little in season two in various places. Like she has a couple of conversations with Ivy about like, you know, work doesn't keep you warm at night or whatever. Yes. But like in a more Victorian way of saying that, of course. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I want I just I want better arcs, narratively speaking, for her and William this season. The mysteries can do whatever. The mysteries are always going to do whatever, and I think that that's just something that we that 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 that's taken as read. The, the <laughs> mysteries are always going to just do whatever. They're not. They they are excuses, not 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 drivers. Um, yeah, and I don't mind that, but I also oddly I don't mind it either. <laughs> I need this season to find a little bit more narrative clarity too. Like just throwing in all these extra sort of C-list characters or sort of extraneous supporting things without really giving them arcs either is annoying. Like what's Moses's arc right now? Um, I don't know, but I need to know more. I I always need to know more about Moses. I know I love Moses. He's so good. I mean, honestly, like Antikavia is just a really fantastic actor too. Like, I need him to be in many more things than he is. Anyway, um, so I think is that our show? Because I, uh, I think that might be our show. Yeah. So, yeah, Miss Scarlet season three, it's happening. I haven't watched ahead, so don't spoil me if you have. But uh, who can say? I'm sure we will revisit this uh, as the season continue or towards the end of the season, so I can talk about how I was either really right or egregiously wrong. We'll see. Um, of course we're coming back to this. <laughs> it's one of the few shows we actually both enjoy, so we have to take our fun where we can get it. Um, that is our first episode for 2023. We survived it. Woo. Uh, Annie, tell the people where you live online. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle basically everywhere. Um, I'm still on Twitter because I can't quit Twitter because there's something wrong with me. Um, but I am Annie Bundle everywhere else too because, you know, eventually we'll all quit Twitter. I just don't know when. Um, let's see. Uh, I am also at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook and at Annie Bundle on Instagram, which is mostly pictures of my adorable cats playing with their adorable toys that they got during this adorable holiday. 
yeah okay that was adorable one too many times um anyway uh i'm staff writer Lee daily and the associate editor here at televisions and i also freelance around the web um i don't really have a lot of freelancing stuff coming up though because i am going to be reporting from the television critics association for the next couple weeks so uh watch out for those things yeah um otherwise uh yeah uh just basically i don't know follow me anywhere and like find the stuff that i'm watching reading and writing and etc okay um i am lacy and b on twitter my favorite website even though it's terrible but also lacy and b virtually everywhere else so if you would like to be my friend see more pictures of my cats or just listen to me complain about things that are not british tv be my friend um thank you in advance to bakerloo who i think was actually pretty good for most of this he either left the room or has fallen asleep i'm not sure but good boy baker uh he's on instagram at baker and hammer if you want to see if you want to reward his good if you want to reward his good behavior with with some follows uh the site and the pod are on social media at television's blog all one word on facebook and telly underscore visions on twitter if you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org to read all of our news and recaps and help support us making all of this content by clicking on the donate button up top. Uh, that will also help you get access to PBS Passport, which uh, tis the season for lots of PBS Passport things. Uh, as we said at the top of the show, Miss Scarlet Season 3 is there in its entirety, but so... Also are all the new season of All Creatures, the new season of Vienna Blood. Uh, I think like there's a bunch of new stuff on there that I haven't even made it through yet. So go dig into that and enjoy. Uh, I don't know, guys, it's 2023, which feels a lot like 2022 so far. Uh, we'll see how it goes. If you have thoughts, requests, things we should cover, we are also looking for classics revisited topics. If anyone's interested, you can send us your thoughts, opinions, New Year's greetings at televisions at weta.org. And in the meantime, please be kind to each other. Be nice to a stranger. Do what you can to stay safe. It is a rough flu, COVID, and RSV season out there. So get your appropriate boosters and maybe consider wearing a mask indoors if you're going to be somewhere with a lot of people. Just a thought. I had a sinus infection over the holidays. And while it was not COVID, the flu, or RSV, it was truly terrible. And I don't wish that on even people I don't like. So take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.